Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. We are talking today about Laura's favorite topic, which is sex. Um, I like talking about sex too, but she definitely has, it's definitely her wheelhouse and she enjoys talking about it. We also get to highlight our sponsor, Dipsy, um, which you'll learn more about both in the podcast and in the ad. Please support our sponsors. It's a great way to help support Marriage Therapy Radio. Also, if you haven't given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and do that. You guys are crushing it so far. Since I started whining about it, we've gotten maybe 50 more reviews, but we need like 450 more reviews. So I'm counting on you to do that. Yeah, but today's conversation is really around the idea of sexual information. Like, what is it that we can learn? How can we uh, get smarter about our partners? And what kind of, uh, how can we use that information to uh, just be better, more responsive lovers? This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. How are you feeling today? Well, I feel, I feel great, but I'm also... Good. It's really interesting. I had the insight where I was like thinking about, I wonder how folks feel when they come back to see me, if there is a level of shame, because I feel a level of shame, like I was really vulnerable in our last episode and I just sort of let it all hang out. And now I'm in a different place, but it's the the next time I'm seeing you, the next time that I'm talking to our listeners. And so there's definitely this moment where I'm like, oh gosh, I feel very exposed. Yeah. 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 I think it humanizes you, us, everybody, and that that humanity, people value humanity. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. You asked if I had listened to the episode and um, I, I, it was yesterday, which is Wednesday. Our episodes come out on Tuesday and I went, oh my God, it's been live for a day and I didn't even realize it. And I had a moment where I was driving by myself and I turned the episode on. I heard your intro. I heard a little bit of my snot sesh and, uh, and then my husband got in the car and I immediately had one of those moments, like when you're looking at porn and someone walks in on you and I was like, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. He had no idea, which was great. So that's funny. I listened to it with Rebecca. You did the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, and what did she think about your, your emotional moment? Oh gosh, that's not new for her. She was like, yep, that happened. happened. But she was really, she was like, oh, sweet girl. Like she was really into it. Um, so, same with our mutual friend. He dug it too. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, I. He was gonna write. He was gonna text you. I don't, I'm surprised he hasn't no, done it yet. No, he hasn't. But I remember sharing it with him, and maybe I got a little teared up. Like he is a way of kind of like, I don't know, peering into my soul a little bit when I talk to him. So I remember sharing I know, when creepy. I first discovered uh, Holden's diagnosis. I am discovering that I am a voider. Uh, I don't know. Like I've gotten really good. I was saying compartmentalizing. Uh, So my mother-in-law is doing all this research and it's like, quite frankly, quite overwhelming for me. Um, And and that's why she's doing all this research. And she said, I will just send you the cliff notes of every book I read, every article I read, whatever it might be, which sounds lovely. But then just I, just this morning, she said, here's a really great article. Click on it. Ryan was like, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, my interest has peaked. I click on it. I read probably 30 seconds into the article and I have this emotion of like, oh my gosh, facing reality. And I immediately just was like, nope, not for me. Not, nope, nope. Yeah. So I don't know how I'm yeah. going to ever understand Holden's diagnosis because the moment I tread into it just a little bit, put a toe in the yeah. water, I... I get so overwhelmed and I immediately just kind of go, nope, um, I'll read it eventually or other people can do the research, but I'm just going to be over here in blissful ignorance. 
Yeah, it's all practice, dude. Like if you could only read 10% of the article today, try 12% tomorrow and then try 15%. I mean, it just it's just practice. Yeah, let alone. So. On a side note. Oh, what else is yeah, there? Anything else On exciting? a side note, here is something that I have started doing, which is so wonderful. In lieu of reading these really scary <laughs> journals, medical journals, I've started reading beach reads, and they're so great. And here's the really great part that's benefiting my marriage. Are you ready for this? Beach okay. reads have really sexy scenes in them. Do you ever read like... Do you know that these like... I think we might have different definitions of beach reads. Okay. So my beach reads are just like these lighthearted romances that you can kind of see the plot, how it's going to unfold. But if you yeah. thumb to about mm, two thirds of the way of, through the book, you find the mm -hmm. sexiest sex scenes ever. And mm -hmm. I, I think I reread like this chunk of three pages. I don't know. Six times the other day where I was like, this makes me feel good. I'll read this. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really enjoying my beach reads. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have very different definitions of beach reads. But, um, but do, your, I, do your type of books ever have that kind of stuff? I read, I mean, I read literary books. So if there's sex scene in Great. my literary book, it's very literary. It's not, it's not titillating. It's just, it's yeah. designed. But there's that, if you don't, it, they can be terrible. Like you can, if you, what can be terrible? If you try to write about sex, if you try to write a, like a sex scene, it can be, yeah. I saw a meme the other day about how, you know, some, some author would be, they're making fun of males writing about sex and it was like her boobs boobed boobily, you know, like, <laughs> as she, as she walked down her stairs, her boobs boobed boobily. <laughs> so it is a real, it is a real art. So now I'm kind of, I'm, I don't know. I'm just so decided I'm going to be a connoisseur. Novels, which is basically girl porn. Yeah, it is like girl yeah. porn. And it's, it's wonderful because there's something happening in me by reading these. Not only am I just sort of, it's, I don't know. It's just a way for me to kind of escape a little bit. Yeah. It's fun. I read a lot of heavy books that are all professional development. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I've just started to read like these summer romances and the sex scenes are like kind of waking things up. Like I'm, re I'm remembering parts. I read, I read this book about, um, it was about like a, a, a romance that started off at 14 to 18 and then it picked back up at 30 and it goes back and forth between the 14 year old romance that's budding and new and fresh and everything's like for the first time to this 30 year old romance after so much has happened and I'm just telling you it's waking things up in me that I forgot about okay. that like my first discoveries yeah. of all those things so I will just tell you that Ryan is not unhappy <laughs> about the awakening Ryan likes your books too even though he doesn't read them that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, here's the funny part. I actually, I got into the romance novel. I knew that this was a thing that I enjoyed, but I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. But there's actually an app where you can just like, if you're looking for that quick, you know, like, yeah. I'm just looking for the hot sex scene to kind of wake things up a little bit of erotica. Like you said, kind of like lady porn. There's an app where it's probably, I don't know, five to eight minutes of audio where you are listening to somebody read these hot, sexy, steamy, erotic. This is the... It's called... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, this did you tell me that you did this like while you were waiting in the parking lot and you listened to these guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. 
It's it's like uh it's just sort of my my little secret, my special secret, you know, like I'm on a walk with my dogs and I have my headbuds in and people are probably like, Oh, she's probably listening to a cycling podcast. I'm like, no, I'm listening to erotica and I'm about to walk home and jump my husband's bones because it just sort of like lights stuff up in me. It's sort of, I don't know, desire is an interesting thing. So anyway, this I'll tell you about the app. Um it's called Dipsia, D-I Dipsia, D-I-P-S-E-A. And you can choose through all these different genres and like maybe I think British voices are really hot. So I could scan and be like, I'm looking for a British male and uh, an older female and I'm looking for a scene that's kind of hot, maybe some bondage, whatever it might be. So I'm just telling you, ladies, that if you want to stay warm in these like fall months that are coming up, this is the way to go about doing it. All right. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. it's 100 degrees here in Seattle. So um, I know. And it's hot there too. Yeah. It's so hot. Yeah. It's going to turn really quick. It's going to, yeah. That's anyway. cool. I, you know, I already know that talking about this is like making me a little bit uncomfortable. And um, oh, well, because it's me or just. No, not because it's you, but because mm-hmm. I'm like, I think, I think the stigma that exists generally around pornography. And what you're describing isn't all that different than what men will do, right? They'll log on to uh, their their porn site or and, and go, oh, I think I want, what did you say, a British person. And somebody that's a little bit mm-hmm. older than me, like you can literally totally. select and, and yeah, you know. Yeah, order it up. And um, John, Dr. Gottman once sort of famously said about all this, that there's a, that, that, that being in an intimate relationship with your partner is really about the kind of the the pattern of saying, you're the only one, you're the one, you're the mm-hmm. one. And I choose using you. erotica or using pornography on, literally off a menu is like, yeah. who's the one? What do I want? Like anyone will do like, what, what's mm-hmm. going to do today? And, and that the difference between those two things is jarring and disruptive to the relationship. Now you're telling a little bit mm-hmm. of a different story about how you'll read this stuff and you and your husband's really happy and it wakes up something in you. And I, that's, I think yes. that's a very interesting conversation, but I know that there are going to be people who, like my body did just go, ah, I don't know, man. Like, is that, uh-huh. is that something that is loud? Like, is it okay to, mm-hmm. to use something other than your partner to wake up desire inside of you? Like, um, yep. so I don't know. I, 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 I would imagine you have thoughts on that around, especially, uh, with your, your sex therapy certification stuff. Like yeah. what, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I, th- there's a couple of things that are going on in my mind. Um, But I think first and foremost, what you're talking about is if you're in a relationship and you're using tools like Dipsia, like uh, Pornhub, like whatever it might be. And I call them tools because I think they're resources. I mean, mean, yeah, resources is that it needs to be an agreement and a conversation between you and your partner. Um, so I, I would go to my husband and I would say, we had the porn talk a long time ago, probably very early on in our relationship while we were dating. Um, and just coming up with some agreements as to what is this all about and how does it fit into our relationship? And because this is somewhat new where I have discovered how this tool wakes me up and I kind of just fumbled across it because these books are everywhere, right? And you get to the middle of a book and you're like, wow, that is hot and steamy and it's doing something to me and now I want more of it. Um, and so I'm going to seek out now opportunities to have this be in my life more often. 
it needs to be a conversation of just bringing it to my husband. I would even play like a clip of Dipsia or have mm-hmm. him read part of the book and just say, this is what turns me on. And I want to know what you think about it, but I enjoy it. And here's the benefit. The benefit is that now my mind is a little more primed for finding sexy, like sexy relevant information. Mm. So I'll talk more about that in a bit. Ooh, I but like that. I think first and foremost, it just needs to be an agreement and a conversation. When things become secretive, that's where you start to slip down uh, just a a little bit of a a slippery slope there with you and your partner. Yeah. So that part is intriguing to me where you talk about finding mm -hmm. new information. Um, As Mm -hmm. you know, I care about new vocabulary. I care about people come into our offices and they have this very narrow view of what a relationship is or what communication is or what conflict is or what sex is. And they yeah. can't grow unless they expand that that what that view is. So you're talking mm-hmm. about information or sexually relevant information. It reminds me too of what Emily Nagoski would talk about this yep. idea of, well, A, in the book Come As You Are, she talks quite a bit about how women in particular don't even know what their bodies are like. Like they don't have mm-hmm. enough information about how their vagina works or how their genitals right. work. Right. B, there's this whole other conversation about discovering what turns you on and and what turns you off. And sometimes people don't have that information or it's informed by something that's in a very narrow scope because they did it on on their own or they did it in a context of shame or in a context of, you know, ignorance. And so you come to this place where you're like, oh, here I am supposed to be an expert at this all all of a sudden. Like that feels Mm -hmm. really hard. So so how do you, like when that, when that wanders into your office, what do you begin to do? Do you like straight away, you're like, you should listen to this app or like, how do you, how do you put people on, uh, on a path to wisdom oh. or knowledge? It, okay. So this is actually, so let me backpedal just a second. I will answer your question, but I want to say something about this whole, like, um, the way that now I've kind of been primed. So I've been reading these books. I'm thinking about sexy things. Huh. Um, it's sort of turned the volume up. So I don't know, like, do you remember when you were a teenager and all of a sudden like you hit puberty and you have more testosterone in your body than you've ever had coursing through your body? It's like everything that you looked at was sexually relevant, right? Like you're walking through the grocery store and you see cucumbers and you're like, that is sexually relevant information to me right now. I'm so turned on. So I think about these waves of how we go through life and there's times when everything is sexually relevant or you're in a new relationship and you're having the best sex of your life and you can't not think about that person or, you know, just like the breeze hits your skin and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, that reminds me so much of, and you have like this flash in your head. So it's like the volume has been turned up. Then let's just say you're a new mom and you're breastfeeding your child, and the thing that used to be sexually relevant, your nipples and a mouth, is no longer sexually relevant to you. In, in, In this case, anytime your husband wants to get near your nipples, and you also have been breastfeeding a baby all day, that information has been dialed down so much, like the volume way, way, way down. So all I'm saying is that this whole idea of I'm just sort of turning the volume up on my desire a little bit. And it's kind of reminding and putting these pathways, you know, neural neural pathways together that have sort of grown a little dim. Yeah. Or the connections haven't been made in a while. So I'm just turning the volume up. Um, So if couples come to me 
And let's just say they're on two different pages, right? Like one person's volume is turned very up. They, they, their partner walks into the room and she's wearing her Lululemon pants and, and he's like, you know, like that's really sexually relevant to him. And she's getting, she just got back from a workout and she's, her crotch is sweaty and she's like, this is so far from sexually relevant. I don't understand where you're coming from. I will have, I can't wait to get these off, but not for the reason that you think. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I, I will talk about having them compare what is sexy content to you or context and what's not sexy context. So I have them actually work through a worksheet that Emily Nagoski has. And the way that I like it is it really breaks down. I was pulling this up actually, as we were talking. Wait, is this yes, no, maybe? No, it's not yes, no, maybe. I want that Which is a cool worksheet for sure. Um, Oh, where did it go? Uh, while you're looking for that, I, I will say this. I'm starting to get uncomfortable on the other side now. This is so weird Uh-oh. what my brain is doing. On the one side, okay. I'm, I'm uncomfortable by the idea that like, oh, let's just use porn and apps and uh, other things to help us unlock our thing. And like the, and then on the, on, the, on the other side, I'm like, wait, that sounds terrible that everything is just information. Like everything is just like academic oh, now I have this information, I have that information. So there's one that feels a little too sort of loose. Like the pendulum and, swinging yeah, in the other direction. Yeah, and then one that feels a little too stale, I guess. So yeah. as with everything, I think we're probably talking about how do we come into the middle and just sort of mm-hmm. use uh, use our bodies to pay attention to the things that matter to us and that make, I don't know, It's it's this is, I like this. I like mm-hmm. that my brain is having to do a little bit of exercise today. <laughs> a little work. <laughs> so- Here's the worksheet that I have couples go through. And if you're listening and you have pen and paper, you can write this down. And what it is, is it's just partners sitting across from each other and talking about what's, what is sexy context and what's unsexy to you. And so it goes through and it breaks it down into these different categories. So the first one is related to your own mental health and well-being. So I can tell you that there are times in my life when I think back and the sexiest I've ever felt is when, um, so related to like physical well-being, when I'm in really great shape is when I feel really, really sexy, right? Um, And the opposite is true. Uh, During COVID, I put on like 15, what I call communion pounds, which was all wine and cheese and bread. I don't know who does cheese. Maybe I've had like purse cheese or something. Cause I was like, Oh, we're going to church. It's going to be bread and wine. I just need some cheese. Um, so communion pounds, I didn't feel very sexy at all. And I did not want to take my clothes off. And I just like any position I got into, there was a role where there didn't used to be a role and it just got into my head. So going through and thinking about like, how does my physical health impact how I feel yeah. as far as like sexual desire and sexual context? Um, my body image, my mood, whether or not I'm distracted, if I'm worried about any sexual functioning. So the category overall is about mental health and well-being. And it's just a good conversation starter for you and your partner to say, related to mental health and well-being, what helps you to feel sexy and turned on and have desire? And then what kind of shuts it down for yes. you? Um The next one is partner characteristics. And I really like this when you're working with your partner and you're talking about it because it's helping you to identify, here's some things related to your own physical Mm. appearance or your physical health or the way that you smell or even your mental state. And the thing I like is I've had a lot of partners kind of be split 
So this is just an example. I've had partners that say, I love it when we go on dates and you have two glasses of wine because you loosen up Mm. your fit. Like, so they're talking about their partner. You loosen up, you have less anxiety, you get a little silly, you get kind of flirty. And so I love it when you're a little tipsy. I've also had other partners that have said, I hate it when you're smoking pot Mm. or I hate it when you're a little tipsy. Mm -hmm. There's just things about you like you... You get kind of mean or harsh or um, sloppy uh, or whatever it might be. Uh-huh. And so they're just talking about things that either enhance their desire or or take away, mm-hmm. distract from desire. I love this. And it could be like, uh, I like you on the weekend. I don't really like you during mm-hmm. the week when oh. you're, when you're yeah. like, try to have sex with me during the week. And it's a lot farther to go than during the weekend when yeah. you haven't just, you know, or, or yeah, I like that. So step one is sort of inventory yourself. And kind of when you feel sexy or when you don't feel sexy, what turns you on, what mm-hmm. doesn't turn you on, just with regard to your own self. Step two is yep. is letting your partner know like this is the parts of you that or these are the these are the that I find really hot and sexy about you. And these are the things or, that maybe I don't. Yeah. Is things that I don't. It could be the way that you smell or when you get ready to go for like to work. I know there's people that say like every time you know, you get ready to go on a business meeting I and you're wearing your suit and your tie and you're freshly shaved and you put cologne on like, oh my gosh, like I can't even, I'm like dragging behind yeah. you trying to get you to take your clothes off because it's so hot. Yeah. Um, so then the next piece is the relationship characteristics. Okay. And this is something as a therapist, obviously we work a lot with it. It's like what's going on in the relationship that is either increasing that desire within you or taking away from that desire. And it could be power dynamics. It could be emotional connection. I had one partner say the other day that when you do chores and I feel like there's much more quality in our relationship and it's more balanced, like you're you're being much more of a a caregiver or when I see you taking care of the kids or putting them to bed, it does something. It stirs something inside of me that makes me feel really um, turned on by you. Uh And that's part of relationship characteristics. Uh What's going on that's turning up the volume of desire. Uh Hey everyone. So I have talked about Dipsy a few times on the podcast and now I'm so excited to share a code with you so that you can get access. It's an extended 30 day trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash MTR. Okay, so it's 30 days full access for free when you go to Dipsy. Now it's spelled D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash MTR. Okay, so here's what it is. Dipsy is an audio erotica app with hundreds of storylines sure to get your blood pumping in all the right places if you know what I mean. So just imagine the joy that you can have in the carpool line, picking your kids up on a long dog walk, maybe even waiting in line at the DMV. All of this because you are enjoying erotic short stories playing in your ear and no one knows except for you. I love the variety of storylines for queer and straight listeners, as well as stories that are acted by people of color. So I see Dipsy as a tool for women to tap into their erotic side and experience the joy that erotic stories can bring in and out of the bedroom with or without your partner. So I double dog dare you to see how Dipsy can be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or maybe even heat things up with your partner. So go to dipsystories.com slash MTR to get your 30 day trial. And then maybe drop me an email info at marriagetherapyradio.com and let me know how it's going for you because I have a feeling 
I will be getting a lot of thank yous. Um, another one to talk about is setting. So right. this is uh, this is like, where are we? Are we in a public setting? Are we in a private setting? Mm-hmm. Is it vacation sex? Is it sex, um, you know, like where it's uh, through the phone? Like maybe we're texting, we're sexting. Um, man, that's something I haven't done in a long time. You know, it makes me, that makes me think of too, like um, we've already talked about boobs, boobing boobily, but like the idea that, yeah, go ahead and feel me up. Just not at the grocery store. Totally. It can be at the kitchen or like in the kitchen or, or feel me up the grocery store. I kind of like that yeah. a little bit, a little bit. And when we're in the kitchen, that feels lazier. Like that's an interesting one in terms of setting. You might be surprised yeah. what you learn. Totally. And there's some people where they do, it doesn't even dawn on them that the fact that they haven't had great sex for a long time is because they moved their kid you know, from downstairs to upstairs and now they share a wall with their mm. kid and they're not consciously thinking about the fact that like, oh, my kid could hear me, us have mm-hmm. sex. Or one of them is, but one of them isn't. Yeah. Like she's um, like, I can't do here. There's the exactly. there's a wall. And he's like, who cares? There's always been a wall. It's the same wall that's always been there. Yeah. That's yep. interesting. Yeah. So trying to find that middle ground because it it's definitely, here's the interesting part is that everybody thinks that sex is easy or landing on sexual desire for both partners is easy. It is not uh-huh. easy. Like we have to co-create, we have to co-create and construct contexts in which both people are aligning on sexual desire. <laughs> and like, just like you said, if you guys are out and you're on vacation, but you're sharing a wall with your yeah. brother and sister-in-law and your partner is like, that's so hot. Yeah. That they could potentially hear us having such a good time. And you're like, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. Yeah. Then you're not going to land on sexual desire together. So it's having these conversations and figuring out how you can land together sort of that Venn diagram yeah. of what's hot for both of you so you can create the context. There's two stories about that, that that have become relevant in my practice. And one is this couple that they they were dating and they were having sex um, and then they ended up moving in together. And they were, of course, they were still having sex, but it became a lot harder. And the reason is because they would be date, they'd be dating, they'd be out to dinner and, and while having dinner, they would go, so you want to come back to my place or you want me to go back to your place? And that was actually yeah. a decision to have sex or not right there right. at the dinner table. It wasn't yeah. that, that it was implied, right? It was like, this is going to happen versus they're having dinner in their kitchen that uh-huh. they share. And there's no implied. So there's this extra new step that they didn't have before that's been confusing yeah. for them. So I think these conversations about context and and setting and relationship dynamic is really important. And and then the second thing that occurs to me is this is probably why people find so much relief in affairs because there's this mm-hmm. kind of, oh, well, we're getting together. And of course that's going to be part of it. Of course we're going to like do, do sexy town because that's, that's why I'm exiting or avoiding my, my regular life. So I don't have to think mm-hmm. about it and think through all these decisions. So this this idea of discussion about setting the table or setting the context really does it's really intriguing to me. Yeah. So here's I'm going to I'm going to pull on the string that you just mentioned which is this idea of going from sort of dating where you go out to dinner and you're on a date and then at dinner you say something like do you want to come back to my place or do you you know do we go back to your place when you're dating Everything starts when you are planning and getting ready for that date. So it's like tonight I'm going to be going on a date, which means that I'm going to pick out like my matching 
my totally. matching lingerie and I'm going to shave my legs. And you're already thinking about what's happening that night at eight o'clock in the morning. Interesting. He's cleaning his car out. He's getting ready. He's figuring out like, do I have condoms? Do I have lube? Is Are my sheets like clean? All of that is setting the stage for creating context that's sexy. And you're also already turning up the volume on, on your desire, which is what I do when I'm listening to Dipsia or when I'm reading an erotic novel. I'm literally setting the sexy context for myself uh. and saying, I'm going to read this book and now I'm going to be thinking about sex. And then I'm going to be thinking about my husband and the way that he kisses me and how I feel about that. Hmm. When you're married and you don't have anything to like necessarily look forward to or you're not planning on sex, there is none of that lead up. And it's really hard to just sort of spontaneously bump your your genitals together and assume that both of you are going to be turned on. So I love the idea of having a scheduled date night where the assumption is we're going to have sex tonight yeah. and it, like we're going to go out and we're going to have good conversation. But also at eight o'clock this morning, I shaved my legs <laughs> and I started thinking about all the things that I wanted to do with you tonight. Here's another question that we should put on the list. It's, I don't know, I ask couples, but it, it, you just reminded me of this. If you're going to have sex at 8 p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. When do you want to know? I, I want to know like the week before. You want to you want to know like on third like the previous Thursday or the previous the Friday. Previous Thursday, I want to make another date. Like, yeah. oh, should we do this next Thursday? Yeah. Absolutely. But of course, some some people will be know. like, I want to know at seven fifty nine p.m. Yeah, you know. And but I, I hear a lot of people that they prefer the spontaneity. Yeah. That to them seems hot and sexy, and I just wish we could lose. That is that mm, desire for there to be spontaneous sex. Well, I mean, n- not necessarily lose it, but expand it, right? Like uh, spontaneous yeah. sex would be great, but if it's the only thing that you you, you can deal with, and that's going to be problematic, particularly for those of us who have children <laughs> and who have yeah. busy jobs and who have who have health issues or whatever, um, which yeah. is, I guess, maybe all of us. Um, but. But yeah, and particularly if like if I want to have sex if I if I'm going to have sex at eight o'clock and I want to know at seven fifty nine, but you want to know the week prior, we have right. a problem unless right. we unless you have to find that overlap. This is why I like this conversation. And by the way, this conversation that you're describing, the one with this worksheet, it's not while you're naked, you know, kind of wondering whether or not we're going to have sex in the next five minutes. It's more like let's have this at a coffee shop or let's have this in response mm-hmm. to this podcast that we just listened to, or let's have it like Total, on a car in our downtime. That's yeah. not strictly or directly connected to sex. And I actually think that's part of it, right? Like for people to expand their conversation about sex outside the bedroom is really yeah. critical because I know that especially in my young marriage, all of the conversations I had about sex were either right before or right after. Right. And it was, it was sort of, what was the word? Sort of uh, suffocated by the fact that I was trying to do two things at once, you know? Sure. So, so I like it. And then would you talk briefly? Cause I hinted at it this, I, like, um, let's say we're down the road a little bit toward actual sex. And then I mentioned this idea of yes, no, maybe speak mm-hmm. very briefly about what that is, because I think, uh, I think it's an intriguing tool again to kind of get more information. Yeah. Um, so yes, no, maybe is an exercise and you can look this up. Um, it's funny because I'm going to actually give you a website. It's called Mojo Upgrade and it's similar. 
um, to, but it's like a quiz. And the idea is basically that you take this quiz and it has all sorts of suggestions, right? It's like solo masturbation. Um, are you into it? Is that a yes? Is that a no? Or is that a maybe? Uh, like ma manually stimulating your partner while, you know, and watching. Well, I guess you'd be watching no matter what, but manually stimulating your partner. Yes, no, maybe. So it gives or you watching all your these partner different masturbate. suggestions. Yes, no, maybe. Or right. watching, exactly, a, watching your partner masturbate. Yeah. And so it, it takes you through a, a sort of a progression of from pretty vanilla is how the way I would describe it to quite adventurous ideas of what would you be interested in? And all you're doing is saying that is an absolute yes, that's a no. And that's like a, I don't know, I've never tried that, mm -hmm. but maybe. Yeah. And it allows for you and your partner to go through and take the quiz, both of you, and then look at where do you overlap? Because there might be some overlaps that you didn't even realize that you had. You thought, oh, I had no idea that you'd be open to having sex, you know, like in a public space mm -hmm. where potentially someone could walk in on us. I didn't realize that that was hot for you. Uh, so it just expands your repertoire, if you will, but it also gives you so much food for thought and conversation between you and your partner. Yeah, I'm into it. So yeah, it's a, I mean, you can look up yes, no, maybe. Um, there's lots of worksheets, if you will, there's probably an app out there, but Mojo Upgrade is also something that I have used in the context of a workshop of having couples be able to have this conversation and just take a look at where is the overlap. Is the goal for me with with regard to sex is increasing communication and then also having clear agreements with one another. And that goes back to the idea of the question of what, what is the role of pornography? What yeah. is the role of erotica in our relationship? And it needs to be an agreement that the two of you have and a conversation that you have before it becomes, you know, something that you're hiding or something that your partner is unaware of. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, speaking of workshops, <laughs> good. Do you know segue. of any workshops that are coming up? <laughs> I do know of some workshops. I'm actually really excited. Uh, we have gotten quite a few registrations that have come through just in the last week. So um, I know that our uh, weekend intensive is not filled yet. And then as far as my Wednesday series, it starts this fall. That one, I think we're getting pretty darn close. So if you're interested in either of those, go to marriagetherapyradio.com. So the fall series is the first one that starts. It's every Wednesday, uh, starting September 13th. And that will run through. It's the same content that we do on a weekend intensive. It just is spread out in the evening so that you can put your kids to bed. You don't need a babysitter. And you're just dedicating about 75, 90 minutes of your time on Wednesday evenings to spend with me and some other couples and going through the seven principles for making marriage work. We also have our fall intensive. We still have spots available. That's on October 20th and 21st. And if you go to our website on the right-hand side or up at top, it says workshop and you can read all about it. Uh, you do want to register early because we need to send materials to you in advance, as well as making sure you can secure your seat because we're only willing to take a, you know, a certain number of couples before it becomes too large. Yeah. And I, you know, I'll say in the last week or two, I've gotten uh, therapy inquiries for people who can sort of only meet at night, which I can't do. Yeah. And so yeah. I've been recommending the workshop and it's sort of like a, hmm, I wonder if, and obviously if you're looking for therapy, therapy is a wonderful tool, but if you can't get in, doing something is better than doing nothing. So if you can dedicate yeah. an hour and a half on a Wednesday evening, 
uh, for, I don't know, six or eight weeks, then that is a beautiful idea. And then I also got an email from a lady who wants uh, to have the workshop at her church. And I was like, oh, right on. I was like, well, why don't you just have your church come to the one we're already doing? And then mm-hmm. I will, maybe I'll do a follow-up or something with them. But, um, but yeah, there's all kinds of opportunities to just get new information. Uh, there's yeah. not a lot of focus on sex in that workshop. So that wouldn't be your sort of your sex information workshop, but uh, those are out there too. And I'm happy to kind of shop around and see if I can find some for folks that are interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, uh, if you haven't done it already, please go to Apple podcasts and leave us our, your five-star review. Cause um, you're doing great. We're, we've gotten, I don't know, 20 or 30 in the last uh, nice. week or two. And uh, we still need 500 more. So um, yeah. So yeah, just take an extra minute when the podcast finishes after Laura lands this plane and, uh, and roll over there. All you have to do is uh, dial us up and then scroll down to where it says, leave a review, click on that button, leave a review, click the five stars and uh, we'll be grateful. Will you read them so that I, I'm like actively avoiding just all things that make me uncomfortable these days, but uh, for the most part, they're all nice, right? Nice well, reviews. again, I hope that people, uh, yeah, if you're not leaving a five-star review, just save your time. <laughs> Don't worry yeah, about or it. Or just send us an Or send email us a personal directly. email. Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. you're not Info helping us get better therapy. by making us That's look right. worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> send us an email if you have feedback of how we could be better. Um, but if you like and you uh, would like to boost, you know, just our, yeah. our awareness I will tell you world. this. As I've scrolled back and looked through some of the ones that aren't five stars, they're all they're yeah. all about me. They're all mad at me for interrupting or There's, saying something I don't or mansplaining that. or whatever. Well, I think, to be honest... You know, we asked for reviews a lot in the first couple of years of the podcast. And so yeah. that's when I, I mean, I don't think I was all that great at, at listening or not stepping on toes. And, you know, I, I think I've probably grown a lot in the meantime. So I've sort of like look back at those with a little bit of fondness and go, yeah, I've come a long, you know, mm-hmm. come a long way. You've We've come, come a long, long way. way. And I recommended mm-hmm. a podcast the other day to somebody. It was like episode three. I was yeah. like, here, you want, just listen to this one. It'll help. And I was like, oh, we need to redo this. Cause I can, I think if I went back and listened to episode three, I would be like, holy cow, who are those people? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it has been an evolution, but you have gotten a lot better. And I will say that the reviews that folks left that were pointing out your flaws and criticizing you earlier on was not the instigator or the push for your change. Well, it might've been. Um, I was thinking, I, I don't, Yeah, you think so? I mean, it could have been. I mean, obviously when people tell you that what they don't like, you you have a responsibility to, to sort of try and change and grow. It wasn't globally part of what, sure. what helped me grow up as a person, but you know, people say, hey, I don't like that red shirt. You're not going to wear that red shirt too much more, you know? <laughs> So. I've been telling you things I don't like about you for years, Zach, and you've done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now let's really now land, we'll the land the plane. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I mentioned a couple of resources. If you're interested, you can check them out. We do have uh, a way for you to be able to get 30 days free if you want to check out the erotic stories that I was mentioning. So that's a dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash M-T-R. And that'll give you 30 days that you can just check it out, see if you like it. If it turns up the volume on your desire, yay. The other one is Mojo Upgrade. You can go there and check out your yes, no, maybe and where you might align on some new, I don't know, fun, exciting things to try out in your relationship. We also have the uh, workshops that are coming up 
My workshop uh, registration will be closing soon, and that's on Wednesday evenings. And so you can find that as well as our intensive that's on October 20th and 21st on our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. Click on workshops. And thank you so much for your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.